and uh, faith is what we need. So the faith is what I want to preach on. And then I started this sermon yesterday uh, at, between the pool and the sermon prep and the prep and the sermon and the pool and the pool and the air conditioning and the sermon prep and then back to the pool and then the sermon prep and then the air conditioning and then... And, um, I, I, I got, I got, I got uh, intercepted and, and I came to this radical revelation about the door, uh, the door that, that, that is in certain scriptures and the door which I feel is, is very important as a revelation uh, as us as Christians to understand that there is another whole reality in the kingdom. It's in the kingdom. And when I said through the prayer, Jesus didn't come to bring religion, but he came to bring a relationship with God the Father. Jesus never told us how to run a church, how to have church, but he did say the church would be a house of prayer. And, and so what, one of the things that I think we, we struggle with as Western Christian people is that we continue to live even when we get saved, we continue to live in a secular way. And we continue to live in this reality that we have known all our life. But what Jesus said when he, and what John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning that with Jesus coming, he was going to introduce a whole new reality on the planet. Meaning that through Jesus, through Jesus, we could step through into the kingdom and live in this whole dispensation of grace. Not by the law anymore, pushing towards God through law and having to abide through law, but simply, simply by choosing to believe by faith, we could live in this whole new realm and dynamic, call it a parallel universe. Call it another reality whereby you can stand in a day, in a moment, in your lifetime, you can stand by opening this curtain and, and just sort of, or opening a door Jesus stands at the door and knocks. But there's a lot of scriptures that talk about that we are to approach the door and enter in and people being locked out by the door. The five foolish virgins were locked out. I don't know you, the bridegroom said. I don't know you. Who are you? So there must be a connotation of intimacy that Jesus is trying to get across to us, that the word is trying to get across to us, to say, it's those ones who are intimate with me, that know me intimately, that have come through me, that they are in Christ, in Christ, not in religion, in Christ, which is a whole bunch of intimacy. There's no way out of it. And so... It's that context that I want to preach into this morning. Amen. God bless you. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
I'm hoping the guys can get a few scriptures up for me eventually. I'll, I'll let you know what they are. Faith, they say faith is being sure and certain. Well, the Word of God says it's sh- that we are sure and certain. When faith operates, the impossible becomes possible. Last Sunday, in the house of God, anything was possible because you had a man of faith and we'd given him a platform to operate from and in that allowed for miracles and for people to be blessed, saved, set free. And all that happens through this door of this, into this reality of the kingdom, of this presence of God, of this dynamic where God is here through His mercy and grace. Who believes that? Who believes that? And without faith, Garth is absolutely right. It is impossible to please God without faith. Everything we do, everything we say, every behavior we make, every grimace, every attitude, everything we say, that's how you can stop yourself getting into trouble. Is this by faith I'm doing this? Oh no, that couldn't be. But is this by faith? Yeah, I can do that. Is eating this chocolate cake this big with cream, and is that by faith? Is watching this DVD, can I watch it by faith? Someone challenged me about not drinking. Well, not to challenge me, but just ask me, why don't you drink? Julie and I don't drink. And I said, well, I have no faith to drink. Some people have. And, and there's no, nothing in the Word of God that says you can't drink. But it talks about getting drunk. And then it talks about being vigilant and watchful. And anything that knocks you sideways from being watchful and vigilant in God and standing in the kingdom of God and knocks you out of the kingdom of God is a concern to me. So I take a stand on behalf of our, of our family called C3 Tugra and everyone that looks to me as a role model, including the, especially the youth, I don't drink because I have no faith to drink. I have no grace to drink. Some people have grace to do stuff. I have no grace. Some, some people drink. That's fine. It's, if you could, have you got a, a grace to have a couple of beers? Great. I have no grace to do that. I have no faith to do it. See, Garth's right and the word is right. If you can't drink with some grace and faith, it could be a sin or it could be damaging. You know what I'm saying? Is that helpful for somebody? The words we speak, are they by faith? or So, um, so many things about which we are sure and certain. Faith is the principle by which we live with every day. When you sit on your chair, have you got a reasonable expectation that that chair will hold your weight? Never thought about it. Julie's never thought, she's just plonked herself there. I mean, I'm freaked out when I see some people cross the road. They stand there with their things in their ears, look down at the road, they look up, the lights go, the light says walk. They don't even look that way or that way. They have awesome faith. I wish they would lay hands on me. They don't even look that way or that way in case a drunk guy or some other person or blind person goes through the light. They just walk. They just go, I find that amazing. I don't care if the thing goes green. If a guy comes out, a lollipop woman comes out, I'm looking like this. I'm going, 
I've got faith in my eyes, in my discernment. You know what I mean? When I go for a bushwalk, I've got faith that the ground is not going to open up on me. <laughs> who's got faith that when they get out of bed, the floor will be cool? Or is that, who's have had a nasty experience where the floor's given away? Or the bed's given away? Who's that? Oh, hang on, don't go there. Uh, who, who's, <laughs> hey guys, do you have a reasonable expectation... Are you certain and sure, your faith, is it certain and sure when you get up in the morning that there is enough air to breathe? That there is enough air to breathe? Of course you do. Of course you do. You just don't even think about it. You don't even give it a second thought. You are sure and certain. Say it. Sure and certain. Some people have faith in their feelings. And so they're run by their feelings. Oh, I know. I just, oh, some people have faith in their feelings. Some people have faith in their fears. Julie had to counsel someone about some fears this week. They have faith in their fears that what that fear says to them, it, it stymies them from doing anything. It pulls them up for from doing stuff, getting on a train or going somewhere or doing something. Fear. You can have faith in fear. You can actually have faith in politics. Some people do. Political philosophy. Uh, some people have put their faith in other people and unfortunately have been let down. Put your hand up if that's you. But we, as Christians, this is like 101 Christianity as a star, then we're going to get into something, all right? But we as Christians, we have faith in our almighty God that can transcend all powers, all authorities on this planet and intervene, do the impossible, heal your body, repair your situation, reconcile your situation. We have belief and faith, and we are sure and certain that His promises are yes and amen. Who can say amen to that? Let's give it up for Jesus right there. Oh, yeah. So we're building something here. We're building something. And I talked about last week, or a couple of weeks ago, three levels of faith. First one is justifying faith. That's the faith that you just simply know God and you come to believe in Jesus. You just simply believe he's there. You're not going to argue the toss. And that justification faith, that simple childlike faith, allows you to stand righteous in God, acceptable by God. It's simple faith. Then what do we say? The next one is doctrinal faith. Help me. Say doctrinal faith. Doctrinal faith is what you believe about God. Who God is. You've got to find that out. His nature, his personality. Study Jesus. Jesus will help you understand who God is. And that's how we pray on a Tuesday night. God, you're holy. God, you're merciful. God, you are, you are a God of love. You're God of, 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 of love, Lord. And, and, and as we pray into that, we understand, we understand that God, through his character, he can do what he said he can do. What's the next one? The next one is living and dynamic faith. 
And that's the one that we're supposed to live, live by 24-7, every moment of the day. I'm living by faith. Every step I take, I'm living by faith. Everywhere I go, everything I say, everything I do, everything I see, everything I eat is by faith. Everything I am is by faith. Everything I... That's living and dynamic faith. And it comes from a revived spirit. That's why when your spirit goes dry, you fail to, to believe the vision of the church, of your life, of, of, of the city. You just, oh, the city can go... Ah, the church, my life. So your spirit, when it's alive to God and revived in God, your spirit is that part of you that allows the faculty, say faculty, the faculty of faith to come alive. You know know what a faculty is? A faculty of, you know, it's some, it's, it's, it's a, it's a dynamic. It's, it's something that allows you to, to operate. It's, the faculty of faith is something that kicks in when you get saved. Your consciousness is, comes alive to God. And they say that we then can worship God. We have a faculty that then allows to worship God and hear God's voice and then to have faith. But still, we feel ourselves on this other side sometimes of the reality of all that God is proposing to us. We feel on the outer even right now, some people are feeling, well, I just feel like I'm on the outer. I just feel like quite human, quite normal. And I just feel like, yeah, I'm at church, but, but I want to tell you this, folks. There is a reality of living in the kingdom that will blow your mind. And you can live there 24-7 and negotiate life, do your job, be a wife, be a husband, you can do all that. Play sport. I've played tennis games in the spirit. John, where's John? He should be in the house. Here, there he is. He, he probably was too. He's a, he, my, one of my old tennis uh, uh, competitors. And uh, we used to play on Tuesday nights, Tugger. And sometimes I go, they're charged in the spirit. But I'm in faith. I'm in faith to believe that this is all good and life is for enjoying. One of the huge propositions that, that God proposes to us in the Word of God is this, is that there's this kingdom, this reality of life. And the Bible says to us, if we can get in faith and live in faith and operate from a position of faith, anything is possible. Out here in this dry and barren land, called earth you you can't do anything there's no you have you're not positionally you know you're not positionally in a place where you can do much at all but when you're in the kingdom you stand on a mountaintop and you can do all things through christ who strengthens you you're empowered your eyes are open you've got discernment you hear what god's saying to you when you're in the kingdom you're anointed you're a royal priesthood. You feel like you're a child of God. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You're a people of power, a people of love and sound mind when you're in the kingdom. So let's go to a couple of scriptures and see what the Word of God says about this. I love this. Uh, thank you, Father. And, and when you see that movie, C.S. Lewis, 
And, and he talks about that wardrobe and running around in the mansion and the mansion is life. The mansion can even be Christianity and all the rooms. And, but there's one room and one door through the wardrobe into the kingdom. Do you remember what he's trying to say? And he says, through the door, through the wardrobe is a most dramatic life for you and I. And the story goes on. Chronicles of Narnia. Four kids winning the day for Narnia. Winning the day. Just kids, but they are able to win the day for Narnia. Isn't that great? And we are called on this planet to win the day for the kingdom of light. Who believes that? We're here to rescue people from darkness. We're here to win God's kingdom. We're here to help God's kingdom win right now. But it can only be done through the door. The door is who? The door is Christ. He is the gate. He is the door. Through Him is this reality. So let's, let's look at a couple of scriptures and they would go like this. Matthew 7, 7. Get your Bibles out quickly. Now I'm going to quickly give you some scriptures. Ask and just notice the word door or seek or knock or the connotation that I don't know you. So obviously being in the kingdom is about knowing God. So let's look at this. Matthew 7. Who doesn't have a Bible yet? Bibles can be purchased from Cornerstone. I should get some money for this. Cornerstone Bookshop, Erina. Where else can we get Bibles from, folks? Where? Kurong, Ride, Victoria, Queensland, Gosford, even if you... eBay. eBay. Where else can we get a Bible from? Gideon's. Where else can you... Lost Property. Some, some good Bibles in there, man. I might get one of those myself. Jack Hayford, Spirit-filled Bibles. Yeah. Where else can you get a Bible from? Your Bible, this is one key thing too. Without, without your Bible, because faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Without, without appropriating this Bible, without appropriating the words of the Bible and the stories of the Bible and the truths and the principles of the Bible and the wisdom of the Bible and the poetry of the Bible and the songs of the Bible and the stories of the Bible, without appropriating the revelation knowledge of the Bible, you will be, you'll be bankrupt of understanding the kingdom. You will perpetually live in this zone where you are just a mere believer, just a Christian. Just a Christian that, that is frustrated. And, and you, you, will, you, will, you will end up maybe perishing. Because the Word of God is food, it's bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth, present tense, out of the mouth of God. You need, did you get your word this morning? Some people eat Wheaties as a habit. I mean, I've been eating Wheatbix for... Since I was a kid, man, I'm still eating them now. I mean, but we've got to eat the Word of God. We've got to eat, eat, eat the Word of God. The Word of God is your food. Without the food, without the Word, your spirit is malnourished. And you won't understand. You won't, you won't be able to realize what this kingdom's about. But when you've got faith, you can walk in a zone. You know how Tom Cruise walks in that swagger of Scientology? You know, the blue steel look and the... I'm um, 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 God's gift to, to mankind. You know that swagger he's got? He just walks in it. You, you don't have to walk in that, but you can walk in the knowledge that God loves you. You can walk in the knowledge. That's walking in the kingdom. 
young people, you need this. You need this. You need the Father's love. You need, you need the, 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 the affirmation of Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit encouragement. You need this stuff. It's in the kingdom. Let's have a look at this scripture. Matthew 7, 7, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This door, it presents itself to us. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Matthew 25, verse 1. And if, guys, if you could uh, find the scripture for me, Luke eleven two. If you could put that up and just start rolling through that. It's in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 2. And I just want to just quote these couple of scriptures here. Uh, and again, it's Matthew 7, verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. There's a seeking, there's a knocking, there's a asking about this stuff. Listen to me. There's a seeking, there's a knocking, there's a asking. You've got to press against the kingdom. You've got to press against the door. You've got to come into the reality of the son he loves. You've got to come into the kingdom. You've got to enter in to your promised land. So Matthew 25 verse 1 says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven. So it's about the kingdom I'm talking about. It will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him, went in, say went in, into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Say shut. Later, the others also came by. I don't know where these other five foolish virgins were. They were just taking their time, trying to find oil in a half-hearted way. But these other five, they had their oil. They'd come to Adrian Gray revival meeting last week. They got filled morning and they came again at night, despite how hot it was, despite the, the conditions. They came and they got filled and they're ready. And they're, 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 they're just like this. They're following Jesus. Jesus, wherever you go, I'm going. I'm filled. I'm ready. I've got what you want. I've got, I'm ready. I'm prepared. And they're just, these are them just dawdling a little bit. They're just, they're just dawdling and, oh yeah, we need some oil. If you see some oil, you know, like dad, when he's, you know, when the kids want to ask, oh, I want to ask him, I want to ask him. And the dad say, yeah, we'll get one. And it's got to be the right shop, but now it can't be just any shop. And you're just dawdling, you're just dawdling. And so what happens? Matthew 25, verse 12. Uh, let's go to verse 11. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. I don't know you. So people, th- th- these five uh, foolish uh, virgins, they're locked out. And then he says, I don't know you. And 25 verse 13, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So he's trying to tell them. He's trying to say, look, guys, you should have been there. You should have been watchful. You should have been prayerful. You should have been in step with me. You should have been intimately acquainted where I was and you would have been here with me. Is that right? Now, Mark one thirty three. before we get into Luke 11.2, says the whole town gathered. I found this amazing. I'm just finding these door scriptures everywhere. Mark uh, 133, I guess it is. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. At this door, they're waiting at the door. 
They're waiting at the door. The whole town are waiting at the door. I'm waiting for the day when the whole town's waiting at our door, at C3's door. We come, the guys come at 7 o'clock to open the church, and like half the city is waiting at the door. Because beyond the door is a reality. Beyond the door are miracles. Beyond the door is the presence of God. Beyond the door is the glory of God. Beyond the door, no devil, no demon, no sickness can exist in this house. And so you got half the city waiting at this door because Jesus is behind the door. And what happens? And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. Luke 11.2 says this, talking about the door, talking about the kingdom. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. I like this. Okay, I'm getting another revelation on this. So when I'm praying and I feel a bit dry, I feel a little bit carnal, and I don't feel like God's around me, I can't hear God, I don't feel His promises, I, don't, I can't see, I'm a bit dull. I'm a bit dull of spirit. I would be praying something like this. Father God, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done all around me, my family, our church. Thy kingdom come, Lord. He says, yes, but then Jesus teaches us to get that dynamic around you, you got to do this. Give us each day our daily bread, word of God. Thank you, the revelation of the word. Verse 4, 11, 4. Forgive us our sins. You can't be in the kingdom and, and have sins plaguing you, condemning you, hanging off you. you got, that's why we say one of the first things we do at the C3 prayer gathering is say, and we all come together, and we've come from work, we've come from life, we've come from whatever, and we say, Lord, forgive us, cleanse us. Lord, all the burdens, all the woes and the worries, we lay them down. Father God, forgive us right now. If we've grieved you in any way this week, cleanse us, because we're trying to stand up in the kingdom. Isn't that great? So Jesus is saying, if you want the kingdom, you need the word of God. You need the revelation. Verse 4, forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone else who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. So someone's coming to you right now. And they need, they need a miracle. And this person, they need a miracle for their friend. So here goes the story. Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Who feels like that? Oh my God, I hope no one comes today. I hope no one comes for a miracle or a word or, you know what I mean? Even we do sometimes. We go, we go oh my God, if I run into someone now that needs salvation or needs a word or needs hand laid on, man, I'm going to have to really, I'm going to have to really spin the wheels and try and rouse up my faith. And, and you can, but the idea, ideal is to be ready and watchful. Ready and just, just so in tune with God and, and, and just, just so there that you can do what God wants you to do. But this person is left without nothing. And verse 6 says, because a friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. 11, verse 7. And then, then one inside answers, 
Don't bother me. The door is already locked. I think this is a story that Jesus is trying to tell us that this door will seemingly feel locked. I hear, Pastor Phil, what you're saying, that there's a door. And, and, and you mean it's like knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Do you mean I just got a kumbaya all the way up to the door and, and knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door? Da, da, da. And, and we can come in. No, it's a lot harder than that, my friend. Sometimes you've got to really be tenacious and persevering and muster up every bit of faith you can get to get yourself to the door, but then to get through the door into the kingdom, you've got to pray. You've got to fast. You've got to be forgiven of your sin. You've got to say, hello, Father. You've got to say, Lord Jesus. You've got to say, Holy Spirit. You've got to really be bold about this. So here it is. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. That's a pretty hard thing. God, what are you saying there? The door is already locked and my children are with me in, in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet, now here it is, here's the payoff. Yet because of the man's boldness, which in another version says perseverance. Who's persevering? Who likes to be, you know, to get anything out of this kingdom, out of the Christian life, you've got to persevere, my friend. You've got to endure and persevere, press in with boldness and march up to those doors and ask, let me in. Every day we've got to do this. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. Verse 9, So I say to you, ask, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Is this having a different connotation in the Scripture? It did to me. Luke eleven nine says, So I say to you, so he's, again, he's building on what he's trying to say. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. Let's give it up right there. I know this to be true. Even in days of revival when I was a total madman for God, on fire for God, I'm like, I'm a backslider compared to then when we were praying on Chapman Hill for seven years with Ty McDonald and Frank and others, and we would get up there every Tuesday. For seven years we did this. We would go up and stand up there amongst the brown snakes and whatever, and we would begin to pray for this city. But sometimes it took five minutes to break into the kingdom, to knock at the door and say, can we come in and pray, Lord? Can I come into this faith zone? Can I come into this realm of the Spirit? Because that's exactly what you're doing. You're coming into a moment. You're coming into a church. You're coming into this place. And you're saying, I'm coming into the kingdom. I'm coming in to this reality, this place where miracles are possible. And you know what? Even when I was full-blown revived, Andrew, it took me 20 minutes to get into that place. But you know what? When I got into that place... The thermal currents just grabbed my wings like eagles and I started to rise above Wyong. 
I started to rise above all the circumstance of life and I began to pray like no other. And sometimes you've got to persevere, you've got to ask, you've got to pray, you've got to seek, you've got to knock, 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 knock until He lets you in. And you're standing there you, you, and you're looking at Pastor Julie worshipping up here and she's doing all this and you go, well, you've got to knock harder, sister, because I'm not coming in unless you knock harder. And, 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 and Daniel's up here. He's got 37 effects pedals trying to knock. He's knocking, he's knocking, he's knocking. And, you go, and, and, and someone else is saying, you're going to have to get more effects pedals than that, buddy, before I'm going to open any door or come through any door. You know what I'm saying? And we're here knocking and Pastor Phil's got his hands up here. He's knock, 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 knocking in here. And everyone's going, oh, he's a good knocker, isn't he? We'll just see how good he goes this morning. He's a real good knocker. He's knocking good tonight. He's knocking real good. Because there's a principle of coming into this zone, which is a spirit-filled church of God. Jesus said he stands at the door and knocks. This is, hang on, I could give you more scripture after more scripture about us going to the door, about us being locked out. Gee, that's a bit unfair. God, you're locking me out. And he says, I don't know you. I, he's been pretty, pretty exact about this. And he's been very truthful about the matter. To live in this zone, you've got to be in, intimately acquainted with God. And all he's saying there, I don't know you. I didn't come to bring religion. I don't care if you've been to... That's where the scripture says, the first will be last, the last will be first. Do you know what I'm saying? There will be people who get saved. Literally, Garth, I know this is one of your pet, you know, things that you, you wish that when people gave their life to Jesus, that they would come in full-blown conversion style into the kingdom. You know what I mean? It's one thing getting released from Egypt... But it's another thing getting Egypt out of the, the born-again believer, getting them out of the wilderness, getting them through the Jordan where we die to ourselves and come out on the other side into the promised land, into the kingdom, you know what I mean? And there's so many Christians in the wilderness. There's so many, and we can all end up back in the wilderness. But the whole idea for full-blown conversion is to live in the presence of God, in Christ, in the kingdom of the Son He loves. And you know what? In that place, in that place, it crackles with anticipation. I can feel grace. I can feel it raining. I'm preserved. I'm protected. I'm provided for. I just believe that all things are possible in Christ. I absolutely believe that God is for me, that I'm created by Him in this place, in this place, not over here, I feel like Phil. I feel like just me. I got to meet up with my, my old school chums. We left school in 1974. And uh, next weekend, Saturday night, um, got to go to Mar Maryland's RSL and meet these people that, that seemingly have met each other on Facebook. And I got to step into the zone. And will I become, will I become that former pupil? Will I become that that old man that I was back then, meaning the old nature. Will I succumb to the old wisecracks? Will I succumb to the old, the old jokes and that? Or will I stand in Maryland's RSL and say, folks, I'm a new creature in Christ. The old is gone. 
that old nickname, those old taunts, those old things, that old stuff, they're gone, buddy. I'm a new creature. I'm living in a zone. I'm living in the, in the spirit. I'm living in faith. I'm living in the power of God. And you know what? They're going to see it. They're going to see it. Let's all stand. God bless you. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. There's some people this morning that need to come through the door. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first will be last. Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter through the narrow gates, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And I tell you the truth, John 10, verse 1 says, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. Jesus shepherd us as we enter by the gate. The watchman opens the gate, opens the door for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep his name and leads them. Who wants to be led by the Lord? Who wants to hear the Lord call your name? If you enter by this gate, if you enter by this door, God will call your name. He calls his own sheep by their name and he leads them. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. Who wants Jesus to go out ahead of you, to lead you, to guide you, to protect you, to make a way for you? He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they still did not understand what he was telling them. And so he goes on and says in John 10 verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am that gate, I am the door for the sheep, for the people. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, I am the door, whoever enters through me will be saved. And he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Lord, in your kingdom, through this door is the fullness of life, the fullness of joy. You said the kingdom was, was joy, peace, and righteousness, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that, Lord, you would stir our faith up so people may begin to step up to the door. But then God in his, in his mercy says, here I am. I stand. Jesus said, I stand. Now this is amazing. This is not us going to the door. This is Jesus coming to the door and standing at the door and saying, it is I. I stand at the door and knock for you, for you, for you. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, he with me, me with him, intimacy. He's merciful. He's our God. He stands at the door 
And I believe right now today, this hour, He's calling us to continue to come in, to come in, to come in. If you've been here this morning, you've been hearing my voice and you feel like you're on the outside of the door, if you feel like you can't come through the door, if you feel like you just you just been locked out of the kingdom, the kingdom is love. You can't feel God's love. You can't feel His presence. You can't feel His mercy. I want to give you an invitation this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never acknowledged the door, if you've never, never acknowledged Jesus as Lord of your life, if you've never acknowledged Him as the gateway into the kingdom of God, if you've never acknowledged Jesus as the way, the truth, the life, if you've never acknowledged Jesus, I want to, I want to pray for you this morning. I'd love to pray for you. If that's you, you need to slip your hand up. Or if you feel like you've been locked out on the other side of the door, if you feel like you've been locked out, because I'm saying this, religion, good works, philosophies of life, even nice Christianity, but especially unbelief will keep you on the other side of the door. Now listen to me, guys. This is it. This is it. This is my heart cry. Now listen. If we don't get our kids, if we don't get our youth, if we don't get our marriages, our business, if we don't get our wives and husbands into the kingdom, it's going to be hard yards. Some people wonder why we've, we've, we've come to the Lord. Some people wonder why we come to church, but they don't understand that we live in the reality of the kingdom of God. They don't understand. They go, what are you doing religion for? Who wants that? Fooey. But I'm telling you that we're not doing religion. We're doing the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Let's just pray right now. Father God, I repent. Forgive me. I repent. Forgive me. For living separated from you from living distant from you. But Lord, right now, I ask for forgiveness. Cleanse me. Wash me. Forgive me. I stand at the door and I knock. But then I hear you knocking, Lord. And Lord, right now, right this moment, I open the door of the kingdom of God to my life. I open the door to the kingdom of God for my life. For my life. Now just, just see it. Just see that door opening. See that door opening, my friend. Jesus, may that door be opened. And now begin to come in. Now begin to come in. Now begin to come in. Listen, folks. You got to come into the kingdom. You got to come into the kingdom. You've got to come into that zone of the presence of God and the intimacy of God. Lord Jesus, I come in right now. Let's do that. Let's just...